quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. I'm Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of control parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connective parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code And now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I didn't realize that when I became a parenting coach, I also would have to become a tech guru. Well, let's not go overboard. I'm no tech guru. In fact, I've fumbled around with MailChimp and Squarespace and many other platforms. Finally, as of recently, I began using Kajabi. With Kajabi, I have one single platform for everything. My email, online courses, and all of those amazing free guides that I provide. Because I love Kajabi, I have become their partner. If you sign up for their service, a portion of the sale will go to support the Peace and Parenting podcast. The link to find Kajabi is in the show notes. And remember, you don't have to be some sort of tech guru to use Kajabi. It's very easy. If I can use it, so can you. Hi, welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and I'm here today to talk about mindfulness jars, cool down corners, and otherwise getting our kids to calm down when they're having big feelings. I know it's really frustrating to have a child who's having really big feelings and emotions, and sometimes when our children are emoting, we tend to go into a sort of emergency state, or at least I know I did. I couldn't handle the big feelings and the big emotions because they were upsetting to me because I was never really allowed to have those feelings myself as a kid. And so when I saw those feelings, I kept thinking as a mother, how can I get rid of these? How can I make them go away? How can I squash them? 
And when I was a parent early on, I used all the ideas of control parenting to get those feelings to go away. I would punish and threaten and bribe my kids to stop having their feelings. But society has gone a whole different way and a new approach to get our kids to stop having their feelings. And a lot of that is around mindfulness jars and cool down corners and kind of taking a body break and going into their room and cooling down so that they can come back and engage with the family in a more calm and cohesive way. But I'd say that I would really caution against using these methods because our children might be too young to really understand and know what's going on for them. They might not really be able to self-regulate yet because their prefrontal cortex, the front part of their brain isn't fully developed and won't fully develop until their 20s. And they might have a hard time really regulating their emotions. And so it's a really big ask to tell a child to, why don't you go to the cool down corner and think about how you're feeling and come back when you're ready. A better way for a child to get rid of their feelings and process their emotions is just to have them. And it really is okay for our children to be upset. It's okay for them to have big feelings and tantrums. It's okay for them to kick and scream and yell and have a hard time because that's exactly how their body expels what's stuck in their psyche. And so if we're telling them, we want you at three or four or six or eight years old to find ways to curtail the way you feel, we might not be allowing them to really have their feelings and to have space for their feelings. So if we can really say to them in those moments, I'm right here, I'm listening to your feelings. I understand you're having a hard time. Then we're allowing them the space to really be seen and heard and understood. I'd also caution against this whole idea of describing emotions and how us parents really want to know why our child is upset and why they are feeling bad. And we often want to fix those feelings because we don't want to see our kids having a hard time. And I totally understand that. But having a hard time is part of living in this world and being part of this society. And if we allow our child to have a hard time and we are with them in that hard time, now we're telling them that they are able to get through really tough, difficult moments with a good supportive person And now we're building in resiliency. So our child will be able to have the hard time and get through it and still be okay. So I'd really caution against asking our kids, what's wrong? How are you feeling? Why did you hit your brother? Why did you get so upset about the cookie? And instead, just holding space for our kids to have the feelings. Because if they say, oh, I'm really mad or I'm really upset, does it take them out of their feelings? and get them into their logical brain where they're rationalizing how they feel or they're having to rationalize how they feel or they feel responsible for our feelings. They feel responsible to tell us how they think they feel so that they can make us feel better so that we're not so upset by them being upset. I hope that doesn't make sense. So the idea is just to let it be and it actually is a much easier way to parent because we're not having to fix it. We're not having to rely on a 
mindfulness jar or a cool down corner. We're not having to really explain or have them explain how they feel. We're just holding space and holding space is so much easier than all of the rest. And I have a lot of clients who'll say, well, how will my kids ever, you know, stop tantruming? If I let them tantrum, will it create more tantrums? And will it create a child who's always having their feelings and always tantruming and they're going to grow up never learning how to regulate? But I'd say to that, self-regulation takes a very, very long time. I think, honestly, I'm not a very good self-regulator and I don't know many adults who are good self-regulators. And it isn't because our parents didn't tell us we should self-regulate or send us to our room to calm down. It was that nobody showed us what self-regulation looked like. Nobody showed me what self-regulation looked like. My parents were not good self-regulators. So I never got a good model of what that looked like. And so, of course, I didn't understand it and I couldn't replicate it. But if we are calm in these moments, in these tough moments, if we are very supportive and if we keep our cool, we are modeling what regulation looks like. And our children are going to glean that from us over time. They're going to recognize and understand and be able to replicate that. But it might take them until their 20s to do so. And can we remain the safe, empathic place from the time they're one? until the time they're 25. That's a big ask. It's a very big ask, an extremely big ask for people who haven't been taught or modeled what regulation looks like. So now we're in this parenting place where we have to model regulation, which we might not know how to model. And we also have to be the safe place for a person while they're having a hard time. And it's a very big ask for people who haven't been given the right tools. So I'd say for me, I like to use mantras for myself. I like to say like, I can be calm during this storm. I can come with love. I can come with kindness. And it's just feelings. And then flipping this mindset script in my head that it's okay to be upset. It's okay to hit the pillows. It's okay for them to say, I don't like you. You're a mean mommy. You're terrible. That those things are okay. And that that's just part of the process. That's just part of them learning how to find the ways in which they can expel their big hurts inside their body. Parenting books can be daunting. The length, the amount of information, and the time it takes to read and understand the material. Hand in Hand Parenting has a booklet set that has become what I recommend and use with all of my clients. The Listening to Children digital booklet set teaches you the tools of connection with examples in a concise and easy to read form. Because I'm certified through Hand in Hand and I adore all things connection, I have become their partner. If you buy this extremely useful booklet set, a portion of the sale will go directly to support this little podcast and its production. If you go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner, forward slash peace and parenting, you can buy these extremely helpful booklets or anything else in their store. Again, you can go to handinhandparenting.org forward slash partner forward slash peace and parenting. So the other idea is that 
Parents really want their children to express how they feel. They really want to give a name to it or, you know, explain it. And if we just stay with our kids in these moments, if we just instead have no judgment and have this idea in our mind that we're not going to really judge our child or how they're feeling, we're not really going to try to figure it out. We're just going to let it go and say, whatever this feeling is, I'm going to let it be here. I'm going to let it pass through my child. And I'm just going to come with no judgment and no agenda and just be there with my child to allow them to have their feelings so that they can process those feelings. Another thing we might be telling our children when we ask them to use mindfulness jars or when we ask them to use cool down corners, we might be telling them, listen, I want you to be calm because It's only the calm self and the calm child that I can deal with or that I want to deal with because I'm asking you to find a technique, go count to 10, do deep breathing, do all of these things so that you can calm down because that calm child is the one that I want to interact with. So if we're telling our child that they are better or if they are more acceptable, if they're calm, then our child might really, really try to be calm around us. But at the same time, they're fighting their internal self by really stuffing their feelings, by not allowing those feelings to come out because it makes us feel better. So instead of finding techniques like the breathing technique and the calming down techniques, it makes more sense just to let the feelings come because we don't want to tell our child that we love them conditionally. Because if we are saying, I want you to calm down and I want you to really work hard on using this techniques to calm down, because when you're calm, that's the child that I like better, then we're telling them that we love them conditionally, that we love them when they're calm and when they're easy to take care of, and we don't love them or we want them to be removed or we want them to go work on themselves when they're upset, because that's the child that is not easy to deal with. And therefore, we don't necessarily love them as much in those moments. So we want to be careful about what message we're really telling our child. And we don't do this intentionally. Of course, we do this because it's very triggering to have a child who's upset, especially for those of us who grew up in households where upset wasn't accepted. So there's a lot of different moving parts going on when we ask our children to regulate their feelings when they're not ready. And this regulation is developmentally, you know, a big job and takes a long time. And so we need to give a lot of space and a lot of time to our children to learn how to co-regulate. And they won't learn to co-regulate until they have seen us do it for them and with them. And so before you go out and create a beautiful cool down corner, I went online to research cool down corners and mindfulness jars and, you know, the case against it. And I couldn't find anything And all I found were DIYs on how to create a mindfulness jar or the best cool down corner tips or all of these things. And I kept thinking, wow, this is just time out reinvented, really. And it's just a newfangled way to give our kids a time out. So before you find a mindfulness jar DIY or a cool down corner to put into your house, I'd say invest in empathy, figure out how to be empathic. And you can download my empathy guide. And I will link it here in the show notes. And also I have another podcast on empathy, which I'll also link here in the show notes and just work on empathy and work on holding space as opposed to 
creating a space where your child has to stuff their feelings. Okay, that's all for today. Thanks for listening. See you next time.